Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. This is Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, and I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan. Welcome to the podcast where we explore economic development trends and interesting companies. Today, I'd like to welcome Tom Resinella to the studio. Tom is the Dean of of Culinary for the Culinary Institute of Michigan, both the Port Huron and the Muskegon campuses, and you're also the campus director in Port Huron. In today's episode, we're going to learn about the first-rate culinary training facilities on the shores of the river at Port Huron state-of-the-art culinary campus. And I got to say, We had a very small hand in that early on in its development, and I couldn't be prouder. Great job with that. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Dan. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're we're ten years now, so we're we're going strong. It's unbelievable. So, and that's ten years of your life too. So, why don't you start by just giving us a little bit of your background and what led you to coming to Baker College? So, I'm a Michigan native. I was born and raised in Michigan. Always uh, interested in cooking and uh, being a chef. So. That's been my pretty much my life, and I went to New York for 14 years. I had a restaurant there with my wife, taught there in the SUNY system, and then uh, after 14 years, I there was an opportunity to come to Baker College and open up the Culinary Institute of Michigan here in Port Huron, and I, I pounced on that. It was a great opportunity. I was going to come back to take care of my dad. I was coming back to Michigan anyway, so it ended up working out really well, and I guess the rest is history, as they say. Tell us a little bit about the Culinary Institute of Port Huron campus, their facilities, the design, and also the training programs. Absolutely. We have three associate's degrees, one in culinary arts, one in baking and pastry arts, and one in food and beverage management. And basically, our building, it was designed after the the building in Muskegon, which was the first, uh, we call it the SIM, so we don't have to say the, the long version all the time. So it was designed after that first one, but ours was made here about half the size. So we have a very intimate eight-to-one ratio with our students. Sometimes, uh, depending on a program, 10-to-1, 10 students-to-one instructor. We keep our equipment very up-to-date. We, we have, I, say, I like to say, industry-relevant equipment. We didn't fill our building with a, a bunch of things that they're never going to see when they leave. You know, we do have some of those. I always use the blast chiller as an example. Most places can't afford a blast chiller, but we want our students to be able to learn how to use it appropriately. So um, when they get out there and they do end up at a large resort or somewhere that has a blast chiller, they know how. But other than that, you know, we have equipment that they're going to see every day and they can train on it because some of them have been to tech centers and work during high school. Some of them have not. Okay. So, the, and they come from all over, right? So we're not just talking about local kids here in Port Huron, for example. It's people from all over the place. Correct. Our students come from all over the United States. We have some international students as well. We primarily have traditional age students, but we also have some non-traditional age students as well, uh, career changers, which uh, is always fascinating to me because uh, we'll have students that are career changers that, you know, maybe were in the medical profession or bankers or something I've even, I've even experienced. And and they've loved cooking, though, so they want to cook. So they're there all of a sudden in our program. And that kind of adds an interesting diversity to, to our programs that I think is, is interesting to have a, an 18-year-old next to, you know, a 40- or 50-year-old person who has, you know, there's life experience there that they can learn. And also the perspective of the younger person, you know, that person who's more experienced in life can, you know, 
see that perspective too. So I, I think it's really good. It's cool. And uh, your your students when they come in, uh, they they've already developed an interest, right? So that's why they came there. But you also have developed a, quite a reputation, and so talk about that a little bit and how that helps you to recruit students. Yes, most of our students are interested, but they come. We do a lot of things outside of the classroom. They come to class, of course. That's their primary goal is to earn a degree. But we also do a lot of culinary competitions to help them develop their skills. We've actually at we're at the forefront of uh, of that. I would say as you know, we even created a category for our food and beverage management students and got it approved by the American Culinary Federation so that they would have a category that they could compete in as well, uh, not just the culinary and the baking students. So that that's a, a big attraction. And of course, along with that, you know, we've won a lot of medals and a lot of state championships that um, always help with the, the reputation and getting the, getting the word out there to people of, of the great things that we're doing. Yeah, I was thinking about the medals and the medal competitions because that really gives you, you know, a reputation that's wider than the market that you're currently serving right here in, in this region. Absolutely. We host a, an annual American Culinary Federation competition uh, sanctioned by them. Every year, we're going to have our eighth annual coming up in April. We actually do one on each campus, one in the fall in Muskegon, one in Port Huron. And last year, our, our Port Huron competition was the largest civilian ACF competition in the country. We had over 140 competitors from colleges, high school students, professionals all over the country. And it was fantastic. Professionals? Professionals as well, because there's professional categories as uh, well. Uh, okay. Yeah. So our students get to see, like, for instance, Mystery Basket is not offered to students, but it's offered to professionals. And you know, our students get to see that, and they get to compete. They get to compete in their categories. And then we had high school. We had seven high schools last year that came from all over Southeast Michigan to compete as well. So it, it's a great two days, you know, and plus the public comes in. And we have people spectating and watching, and it's just, uh, it's electric. That's the word I like to use because the building is just, on, you know, on fire for, for two days. And we have all the judges. You know, we had 15 ACF certified judges as well that came from all over the place because you, to be sanctioned, you have to use ACF certified judges. Wow, that sounds amazing. It's, it's great. Like, I'm not sure why we haven't, you know, really participated in that in the past. It seems like that would really be worth promoting. And a lot of people come to the area. There's an economic Absolutely. impact. Absolutely. We, we fill the hotel that weekend all the time. It's become so popular. And, and I'll, I'll say that the job that we do and our staff and faculty and students do has become so well respected that we've, this year we've been asked to host the ACF Central Region National Championship Qualifiers the day before our normal competition. So that's going to bring even more people in to the area which is going to be great. Wow, congratulations. Thank that you. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And that is part of building the reputation of the Culinary Institute, right? More people get exposed to it. Positive uh, articles are written about the competition, people that win, you know, things like that. So it's all part of, you know, building that reputation and creating a community of people that share that common interest and hopefully it leads to more students coming to the Institute. Absolutely. And it brings all these, these individuals into our area. I can't tell you how many times a judge or a professional competitor said, wow, we didn't know there were so many great restaurants, you know, because we'll take them out. We have to take them out for judges' dinner. So we'll try to switch around where we take them to local restaurants sometimes. And some of them we'll do inside at the, at the college as well. But it depends on how our staff and students, how long they've been working that day. Because it can be 14-hour days when we host one of those. It just, it's a myriad of good things that come from it. You know, we get the areas noticed, the Blue Water area, St. Clair County is 
is put on a map for maybe people who didn't realize that there's all these wonderful things going on here. Yeah. So how many students do you typically have in your program in an average year? Yeah, this year uh, we had 50 new students come in for this campus, and we have 76 altogether. So we had 26 returning, and we usually have about half of uh, the students. Like from last year, so we had 26 return, and we have 76 total. So we're we're pretty happy with that. You know, obviously COVID hurt everybody, but we're on a we're on an upswing. You know, there's a lot of excitement. We have and many of the students that we have actually that came in this fall were students that competed as high school students, and they came and they saw our building and they competed and they you know, hung out all day with our students. Like, of course, I think we're great, but it's, it's nothing like having our students be able to hang out with them and they talk to them and, you know, they, they share what they love about what we're doing. Yeah. You also have dormitories on campus, which is important because you have students coming from all over the place, right? So yes. commuting is not usually going to be an option for many of them. That's right. We have housing and they're more like apartments. They have, you know, each one has, you know, they have suites and some suites have two rooms that can accommodate two students in each room. Some have, you know, suites that accommodate one student in each one of those rooms, but they all have dryers and washers and full kitchens. It's an apartment, really. They're not dorms like I remember, and uh, it's very nice. Yeah, I guess yeah. You, you're right. I have to be careful how I describe yeah. them. Because <laughs> <It's- laughs> I remember I was in what, yeah. what we called a triple up at Michigan State. So, yes. So, yeah, you know, we had three bunk beds hanging yes. in the air. Above our heads, we had to be careful not to hit our heads. Absolutely. So that was a little different than a little. It's a little different. So what are some of the biggest changes that have happened at the SIM in recent years? I think in recent years, we've done a lot of uh, curriculum development with our advisory board, kind of, which we do all the time. But um, because of our accreditation, our advisory board meets twice a year. So we do a lot of curriculum development to update the, the programs. We recently had our food and beverage management program became accredited through the ACFEF, which our other two programs are, but there was never an accreditation through them available. So they finally had an accreditation. We actually became the first food management program to be accredited by them, and they accredit programs internationally, so globally as well as the United States. And we became the first program. So that was a big thing. That was two years ago. That was a very big thing to us. And also, you know, equipment-wise, you know, we're always updating our equipment. It's great when we have the company who built the building will come back every once in a while and they'll say how one how wonderful the building looks you know how well it's taken care of and all of the equipment you know it's it was amazing we hit our 10-year anniversary this past july of being in a building and it almost looks exactly the same to me in a good way you know but the equipment we always update it and keep it updated well that tells you how long i've been here too because yeah i remember when there was nothing on that yes. property, right, or or a house or whatever, but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, totally changed now, and uh, so we're we're excited about having the institute there and this. The students, uh, some of them work locally, like in the summertime, or they do. We have current students that work out all over the community in many different places. Some of them do their internships there, and we have a lot of graduates that end up staying in the area. And the reality is, you know, like anywhere else, student, we find that the students who grew up in this area all their life, they want to go away. They want to go somewhere else. Um, and that's great, too. You know, we have a lot of students that have done that now that we've been around for 10 years, but they've come back and they really appreciate where they came from after they've branched out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in our area has uh, a little bit of a reputation, too, for developing good chefs like Grant Ackett's came out yeah. of our area, right? So he's Absolutely. famous. and. So hopefully the next 
famous chef will come out of your programs and you can brag about it. Yeah, we have a couple right now that have are some of our earlier graduates that are on the cusp of, of that happening, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what's in the future for the Culinary Institute? I think it, definitely in the near future, we're working on some uh, relationships and some real good partnerships with uh, RISA, RISA Tech, for instance, working right now with them on uh, an early middle college possibility. We just have uh, a few degree offerings that we're going to hopefully roll out within the next maybe year, year and a half that we've been working on because you have to go through correct and proper approvals and all of those things and make sure there's jobs for people in those areas. So that's that's the kind of stuff we're looking forward to right now. And again, like I said, we're going to host that national championship qualifier. That's a biggie. Uh, we have a, we've just added another high school regional skills USA. We've been asked to host another one. We've We've always hosted Region 3 for the past eight years. And now this spring, we've been asked to host uh, another region of High School Skills USA. So we're pretty happy about that because, you know, we'll have all those high schools from that region in our building competing and seeing all the great things that we do as well. So we're, we're pretty excited with those. Well, you should be. you got a great campus there. You're right next to a hotel. Couldn't be any better. Yeah. You're right <laughs> under the Blue Water Bridge on the river with Lake Huron staring you in the face. It's just a, it's an amazing setting and the students must love it when they when they come in it's not just the education but it's the whole experience it is it's it's a complete package for them for sure yeah yeah well tom i want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and telling us all about the great things that are happening at the culinary institute obviously uh my organization will continue to work with with you and and i personally i, I sit on baker college's board of trustees which i love doing gives me a little insight and, you know, what's coming in the future. So thank you for being here and sharing this uh, news with us. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The EDA's mission to enhance the prosperity and growth of our region's economy, it's made possible by the generous support of all of our EDA member investors, of which Baker College is one. So if you're interested in supporting the EDA's efforts and commitment to the community and economic development, join the mission and you can go to EDA's website to learn how to do that. And the, the website address is edascc.com. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast on Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at wgrt.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.